in today's show. It's a 13-game Wednesday. We're going to talk about everything that happened in those games, Michael Bolton. Thanks, Josh. It's Michael Bolton here, and it's time for another episode of the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast. Let's get to it. Let's get to it. Indeed. You are Locked On Fantasy Basketball, your daily fantasy basketball podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast brought to you by Basketball Monster. My name is Josh Lloyd and I am the lead fantasy analyst at BasketballMonster.com and you can find me on Twitter as always at RedRock underscore Beeble on TikTok at RedRock underscore Beeble on Instagram at Locked On Fantasy Basketball and I'm Substack, JoshLloyd48.Substack.com. Thank you for making Locked On Fantasy Basketball your first listen every day. We are free. And we are available on all platforms. All right, there are 13 games on. We did a waiver wire show early today. We did a streaming show early today. We've got a mailbag show at 3.30 p.m. Eastern on Thursday with Adam King. Tune into that live on YouTube. Let's talk about these games, won't you? Let's get it on, Gilly. <laughs> In fact, we'll do news first. So some big news. Big names are returning. Jim Harden, likely back on Monday. Chris Middleton, likely back on Friday. And Damo Lillard, likely back on Sunday. We know when Middleton comes back that Allen and Carter and Portis lose value. We know when um, Harden returns that Milton and Melton will lose value and the Thick Hogsman Tobias Harris. And we know when Lillard returns that Simons and Winslow and Grant will all lose value. Not to say they'll become droppable players because a lot of those names won't. But some of them will. And we're going to have a big changing of the values on those teams. In Brooklyn, both Yuta Watanabe and Ben Simmons are going to be out for at least the next three games. Yuta's going to be out probably a little bit longer. We'll talk about the, the Nets and how their lineup looked without Simmons today when we recap that game. An update on Rob Williams. He's doing some workout stuff. It looks like he will be back before Christmas. That's far from guaranteed. There's no reason for this Celtics team to push him. And I still think he's going to be relatively limited until we hit February and probably doesn't play back-to-backs all season. But it is great news to see him out on the court. If for some reason he is on your waiver wire, which he shouldn't be, you go and add the Rock DJ straight away. And then Lonzo Ball, the update on him is worse. Like he is still getting pain in his knee. Yes, they say he's improving slowly, but I, at this point, I don't know that he's going to play. Um, and I don't even think that if you have to make a decision between holding Lonzo Ball in the injured slot and somebody else, take someone else. Like the only reason I would have him is if I'm in a situation where I don't need my injured slot. I don't think he's going to play or... When he does play, it'll be so, so limited and so late that it's worthless. I don't think... Hold, it's going to be like holding Jamal Murray or Kawhi Leonard last season in, in, in your injured slot or holding Lord Voldemort. That's what it feels like with Lonzo. I don't know that, but it was far from an encouraging um, update today from the Bulls. We're saying, hey, no, he's still got pain and it's going really slow. He's improving. Yeah, really slowly. Yeah, okay, we've heard this for the last year. But I'll give the Bulls a little bit of credit because we talked about the man who will not be named in Orlando. We just never heard any update. Obviously, there's been significant setbacks here with Lonzo, but at least we've heard about it. Hey, it's not going well. We have to go and do this. With old mate number one in Orlando, it's just like, oh no, he's just had an ACL that's taking three years to recover from. That's that's normal, yeah? No, it's not. But you won't tell us anything about it. Like, that's not normal. Lonzo Ball, a bone bruise or a meniscus, you know, that's he should be back. But they tell us, hey, didn't work. Something didn't right happen. There was nerve impingement or whatever's going on. They tell us. At least, it, while it's frustrating, at least we get the proper updates to, um, to explain why he's not there. I guess that's, yeah. That, and that's, it's frustrating, but it's, at least we've got that um, information. And that is a positive. But it's obviously a shithouse for Alonzo, for the Bulls, um, for your fantasy, fantasy team that may have him. It is not great in that situation at all. So let's go talk about the games. First one was a blowout. Sixers got killed. By the Cavs, final score there was 113.85. Embiid played 29 minutes, 19-6 and 6 with three steals. He wasn't particularly efficient, but it's still a solid game. And we're starting to see what I was talking about with um, Shake Milton. Not only was he a team worst minus 30, but he had 14-3 and 3. He was 50% from the field again, which is still really good, but usage down to 23%. Like he was getting 26-27 usage. He was playing 39 minutes. The assist rate was sky high. And we thought that a lot of these opportunities would drop. Now, I'd still hold shake until Jim Harden returns. And then we see how it works. Like maybe Harden does start with Milton and Melton goes to the bench. That's possible. But we're going to see with the return of Embiid and then Harden 
and then Maxi, that Milton's going to go from a guy who's giving us top 10 value at one point here to being unrosterable in 12-team leagues. But I don't know when that'll happen, so I will hold him until I at least see Harden back for a game, and then we'll go from there. Wasn't a great game from the wave pool, DeAnthony Melton. Similarly to uh, Milton, I'll hold Melton, but I think he's going to be a drop later on. 9-2-2 two two with three steals on 36% shooting. Paul Reed played a lot of garbage time, 9-5-2. He just puts up numbers when he's, he's out there, so we also know that when Embiid is out. To um to like go to Paul Reed instead of Montrez Harrell. Well, the thick Hogsman, he uh, it was shocking. Um, I think I am a TH. T to the H. Yeah, TH for life. Um, three points on O of seven shooting, three assists. He, you won't be able to sell high now, but you should have been trying to do that previously. I don't know whether he's going to maintain top one hundred status rest of season. He's better than this, but he's also not as good as what that first couple of weeks would have suggested. I don't think anyway. Yang had five points. He's only a three-point streamer, and that is about it. For the Cavs, Don Mitchell, really good bounce back. Didn't need to do much. 26 minutes, 23 usage. But 18-3-6, and six, two steals and a block. Garland had 21-2-9, and nine, and uh, old, uh, old mate, Dracaris Levert. Dracaris. 22-6-4. Now, that's a great game. That's, that's a great game. But again, factors we need to pay attention to. He shot 73%. This bloke's more likely to shoot 37% than 73%. He played 33 minutes while Garland played 32 and Mitchell played 26. So he was able to take advantage of the fact that it was a blowout. I wouldn't use this as any sort of information to add him in 12-team leagues, but if I still had him and hadn't dropped him, well, I would see if there's any other Karis Levert believers out there and I'd try and trade him for any top 100 player. It's going to be impossible, but you never know. You never know. Isaac Okoro was pretty good. 11-5-2 with three steals. I honestly couldn't care less. While Mamadi Diakiti... Played 23 minutes in the start. He had six points, and Dean Wade had six points. They're just filling in while Kevin Love and Jarrett Allen are out. Well, not that Love's going to start, but he's going to take those minutes. And Wade and Diakiti and Okoro and even Chetty Osman, who played 29 minutes, they're not really any 12 or 14-team league guys. Wade is maybe a 16-teamer. I wouldn't worry about Diakiti too much, but just a really overpowering performance here from Cleveland to get that big win over the undermanned Philadelphia 76ers. The second game of the day, was another pretty large blowout. The Atlanta Hawks beat the Magic. 125-108 was the final score there in Atlanta's favor. Trey Young had 30 with 14 assists and shot the ball really well. He is starting to improve after a slow start where he was just shooting horribly. We're starting to see that um, come, come good now. The usage is still great. The assist rate is still great. He's not really hurting from DeJounte Murray being there. This was better from Murray. But he's all played 39 minutes in a blowout game. 27 points is great, but the thing that had elevated him was elite eight rebounds, elite assists. So he had three rebounds and six assists, two steals, a block, three threes. It's a really good fantasy line. But you know, he is now outside the top 20 for the season, and I'm not sure he gets back inside it. This is much better, but it's still not great. That's not true. It's not his elite level from last season. It's still great. It's not his elite level. Clint Capella. Lisa needs braces. Big 20 and 12 game from Big Clint. 90% shooting from the field. Excellent game. But the big story for Atlanta is two injuries. DeAndre Hunter got hurt, played seven minutes with a flare-up of his thigh soreness. Do you want me to tell you that you need to drop him? Surely this is the nail in the coffin to drop DeAndre Hunter. The other one, which is more impactful for most standard leagues, is the Baptist, Johnny Collins, who just before halftime hurt his ankle, had to be sort of helped into the locker room. I would expect that Collins misses time here. Hunter was questionable with this injury before the game and then tweaked it again, so I reckon he might miss too. Six and seven for Collins with two steals and a block. I think they're both going to miss at least the next game with Collins. I'd expect at least a week out. Now, immediately, you just think that Jalen Johnson would start for John Collins, but he's also hurt. So what they did in the second half is they started Vit Krejci and they started Jalen Johnson. For the love of me, I got no idea why they wouldn't start AJ Griffin, but they did not. Griffin is the guy that I would add. I would add him in 12-team leagues with the potential of, if Collins is out, Hunter plays the four. If Hunter is out, Griffin plays the three. Uh, if both of them out, then Griffin's going to have to do a lot more. I don't know how much it changes for Bogdanovich because theoretically, you know, oh, they could start Bogdanovich at the three when he returns, but I think he's going to be so heavily limited for the first week or two that by the time he's back at full minutes, then Hunter and Collins will be there. So I'm not sure it changes too much for him in the short term. So we got Jarrett Culver playing 30 minutes. 9 and 12, two steals and a block. Now, he's pretty rough offensively, but that's not a bad line. I wouldn't add him in 12-team leagues, but he's definitely moving onto the streaming radar. If both Hunter and Collins are out, I could see Culver and uh, Griffin starting, and it's going to depend a lot on Jalen Johnson, but I'm not adding 
Jarrett Culver. I just want to see what happens. I'm definitely adding Big Krejci, who had zero points in 18 minutes, nor Frank the Tank Kaminsky, who came in and for some reason had you know, played power forward and had zero points in seven minutes. He was dreadful there as well. Trent Forrest is getting um, Aaron Holiday's reserve point guard minutes. Pay attention to that. And I also don't think that Nyeka Okongwu is going to play power forward. I know people will see, again, a Kongwu listed as a power forward in certain publications or certain fantasy sites. I don't think him and Capella, they won't be, oh, well, a Kongwu is now going to start. I don't think that'll happen. Maybe it does. Didn't happen at all here. They didn't cross over at all. He had 12 and 8 in 17 minutes. To me, a Kongwu gets minutes if Capella is hurt. And that is really it. Nothing really to do with John Collins at all, in my opinion. But the Magic, they got players back. Cole Anthony was back. Michael Fultz was back. But then they also lost Gary Harris at halftime, tweaking a hamstring. There was no Carter, no Suggs, no Bumba, no AKK. So we still don't have a full picture. But I think what you know, I have been saying with Bol Bol that I do think that he is a sell high. Because when these players come back, things are going to change. And Bol played only 27 minutes here. He had 6-5-2. and two. And this is a game that Gary Harris didn't play the second half. Cole Anthony fouled out, didn't close the game. Marco Fultz played 17 minutes, reached his minutes limit, didn't close the game. And Carter, Suggs, Bamba, and Akeke were still out. And Bowl did not close. They closed with Flaming Mo Wagner over him. And that is not a great sign. And I know that people love Bowl. It's fun to watch him at times. But what I, just, what I went to do today, and there's a lot of talk on Bowl, he's been one of the big stories of the season that nobody really expected to be able to do this. Um... And he's been great, but I just think there is an expiry date to it. So I went to look at dunks and threes and his EPM, estimated plus minus, one of the best advanced metrics out there, I think. And I had a look at his um, block rate, which is so high. It's in the 97th percentile, Bowles block rate. That's huge. And amazingly, his defensive EPM is in the fourth percentile. So he's one of the best shot blockers and one of the worst defenders in the entire NBA which is just staggering to see the difference between those two things. His advanced metrics on Raptor and EPM are actually really bad. They're quite low. They're like 25th percentile, are quite bad. And while he can put up interesting fantasy numbers, I just do think that things are going to change quite a bit for this team when these players return. I thought Fultz looked really spry, diving on the floor for a steal early. My problem with him is going to be the shooting percentages and then the Anthony Fultz, Suggs, Harris minutes. How does he get enough? I don't mind having him on your roster. I don't mind having Cole Anthony. I don't mind having Jalen Suggs. But I think it's going to be... I still can't get my handle around my handle. I can't get a handle around how they're going to run those minutes every night. It still remains really confusing to me. So I would probably have Fultz ahead of Anthony and then Suggs and Anthony probably similar. But I feel like my opinion on that's going to change every day. I'm just, I, honestly, I'm just, I tell you, I don't, I don't know. Um, Mo Wagner, 9-6 and six with 8 assists in 26 minutes. That's good. I wouldn't add him, but that is good. And it's one to watch if they do decide to play him those minutes at center with Bumber and Carter out. Franz had 22-6-3, while Palo had 20, so it looks good, but bad from the field again. The 7 of 9 from the line is not, not too bad, so that, that helps. But no steals, no blocks. The defensive stats have really dropped off. I do believe that he is a buy low, but we are really seeing that early season form settle into show some of his deficiencies as a fantasy player. As for Cole Anthony, he did foul out, but played 24 minutes, 11 and 4. Apparently, he had a 20-minute limit, went over that. 11 and 4 in 24 minutes. And again, I just think these guys are all going to sort of cannibalize each other. Anthony, Suggs, Harris, Fultz, Bol, Ross. And it's going to leave them all sort of fringy type players. But I know people are going to disagree with that. And that is 100% fine. Today's episode is brought to you by BetOnline. BetOnline.net is your number one source for stats, betting info, news, and analysis. Get the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there, from football to basketball, soccer, the World Cup, esports. We've got it all at BetOnline.net. I wonder what the odds are for Australia to win the World Cup. It's got to be coming in really close. Mate, minus 300? That sounds about right. We should be favorites. We'll knock off Argentina. You can check all of those odds over at BetOnline.net, the fastest and easiest way to get your betting fix. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more. Bet online is where the game starts. Don't forget to gamble responsibly. All right, next game. Miami goes down to Boston, 134-121. The Heat had everyone on the injury report. And then most guys played, apart from Dedman, Butler, Yurt7, and Oladipo. But then during the game, Gabe Vincent went back to the locker room with that knee problem. Tyler Hero, really good game. He'd been struggling a little bit with some of the shooting stuff, but 22-6-9 with a block is a really impressive game for him, while the winter soldier Max Struess had struggled also a little bit recently, outside the top 200 over the last week, had 23 points with five triples, 36 minutes, and Caleb Barton, who had been crushing, didn't. 
10 and 6, two triples. He was a massive sell high. I didn't expect him to play 24 minutes only in this game, but I do expect his production to drop off significantly and the buy or the sell high windows closed, obviously, after this. Bam at a bow had 23, 6 and 5. Bam, 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 bam. There's a little bit of a, a sell high on Bam. He's top 10 over the last week, but a lot of what he's doing is coming because Jimmy Butler is out and there was Hero out who's back now. But yeah, this increase in usage, it probably just drops a little bit with Butler back. So there's, yeah, if you can get a top 15 guy for Bam, you do it. You probably can't, but if you can, you do it. Double cheeked up on a Thursday afternoon. Not the greatest game from Lowry, but 14, 4, and 5 is solid enough. Just keeps on chugging along, providing immense value from where you were able to draft him. We also had you know, 19 minutes from Gabe Vincent, 11 minutes, 12 minutes, sorry, from Dunk Robinson, and an astonishing nine minutes for Udonis Haslam. That's like season total stuff from Haslam. Played, he played ahead of Nikola Jovic. Yeah, so Jovic, who started some games and didn't impress me at all, really, um, is back out of the rotation. For the Celtics, Tatum was ridiculous. 49 and 11, eight triples, two steals, 60% shooting, 92 from the line. That's a fantastic performance. He had started to slide a little bit before this game, but that's great. Brogdon, 26 minutes, 21 and six with five threes. Brogdon's numbers are up in this one, so that, that's impressive. But with his numbers going up to that 26 minutes, it's because they really reduced what Sam Hauser was doing for some reason, just seven minutes for Hauser. It's hard to get a full handle on what they're doing with guys like White and Brogdon and Williams. But also remember in this game, Jalen Brown played only 28. So normally he gets seven or eight more minutes than that. Brown had 26, seven and five. Um, Derek White had 15, one and five with three threes. For now, Brogdon and White are 12 team guys. I'm just not sure it's going to stick that way. Grant Williams played a lot of minutes had three, four, and three. And I, he's outside the top 200 over the last week. He's outside the top 130 for the season, top 140 for the season. I, I don't think he's a 12-team league guy. And I also don't think it's getting better when Rob Williams returns. Al Horford played through his back-to-back -back spasms, six, six, and five with two threes for Horford. Smart had 10, five, and nine as the Celtics just put up tons and tons of points. They shot 55% as a team. So that helps. Like Brogdon, 70% shooting. Derek White, 60% shooting. Like that enables those guys to put up lines that look better. If I could get a top 100 guy for Brogdon in a trade, easy. Top 110 guy for White in a trade, easy. And I know Derek White, for some reason, I'm going to double check this while we're talking, because people have mentioned to, to mentioned it to me, but if you look on Yahoo's rankings, and I don't know what they're basing this on, but Derek White's ranked like 30th for in Yahoo rankings, which is obviously um, a flaw in their system, because there's no way that he is the 30th best player Let's see. Uh, it says 71 here in this. Maybe this might be my... Which league is this one? Oh, it says he's ranked 71st. Someone told me that he was ranked 30th. But regardless, he's not the 71st best player. So you can go and I think get some value for him in a deal. Let's go to the next game. The Bucks win it 109-103 over the Knicks on the road. Giannis, uh, big, number, big numbers for him. Giannis and he took a tongue too. 37, 13, and 7, 52 from the field, 75 from the line. Really good. He's, he was at that stage where over a week he was like the 400th best player because of percentages. He's pushing that back up, and I think yeah, he's fairly well and truly inside the top seven or eight for the season now um, with you know, the caveat that you are punting free throws, which we knew when you drafted him. Drew Holiday had 22, 6, and 5. He also, thankfully, had a Richie Benno. Two for two, two, two. And Brooke Lopez had nine and six with two blocks. Nice double-double for Punch Bob. 10 and 12 in 25 minutes off the bench. We holding, but I think it's going to fall away, as I do with Javon Carter, who had three, three, and two. If you do want to drop him to activate someone, I get it. I think it's totally reasonable. Grayson Allen cooled off, but 11, five, and four is still usable. I do not believe that Grayson Allen is going to be able to maintain 12-team league value, but the last two games have been solid enough that if you want to hold him, I, I, that's fine. Middleton should be back next game, though. Remember that. Patty Cottenson played 24 minutes, 10 points, four rebounds. He's like a 16-team league guy. That is about it for the Knicks. Mitchie Robinson, what a huge game um, from Mitch. And Mitch Robinson says, I'll take it from here. 33 minutes, 15 points, 20 rebounds, and a block. Huge, huge stuff. Also a great game from Raul Barrett. 26-2-3, two triples, 53% from the field, and 89 from the line. There are going to be massive swings and roundabouts in his production. You can have these shit nights. You can have these really big nights. The reality is somewhere in between. This is why he was a buy low if you could absorb the badness of what he did and the, and the buy low in the points league. He will be he will drop off, of course, but this was good. Julius Randle, yeah, pretty rough shooting night from the double royal here.
18, 8, and 5. Or Jalen Brunson went to the locker room, but he returned. But man, those percentages. 17, 5, and 5 is good. A steal and a block is good. 36% on 22 attempts is horrific. 1 of 4 from the line is also horrific. But everything else is all right. Well, Grimes, he played 34 minutes. That's encouraging on a back-to-back. But this is more what I mean when I look at Grimes as a 12-team staple guy. 7 and 5 in 34 minutes is nowhere near cutting it. He's more of a 14, probably 16-team league guy. The reason it's fine for this week is because of the Knicks schedule and the low-volume days. Um, Cameron Reddish played 14 minutes and had three points. There's one bloke who used to just go at me all the time about Reddish on Twitter. Yeah, Reddish, I think he's good. You don't know what you're talking about. He's a good player. He's absolutely must-roster. Look, he'll have moments, and we've seen it for four years. We'll have like a two- or three-game period where he goes off, and then this happens. Right? There's no reason to hold Reddish outside of the schedule for this week. And even then, like 3-0 and 1, he's not cutting it. It's pretty bad. Quickly had 4-6-2. and two. If he got 26 minutes a night every night, he'd be a 12-team league player, Emmanuel Quickly. He just isn't going to get those. Well, Hartenstein only played 10 minutes. Yeah, 8% usage. That's so bad. Like it's just horribly low usage for the way that this offense runs. And yeah, that's just how the Tibbs runs his offense these days. I guess he forgets that you can be successful with a center like Joe Kim Noah, but oh well. I think Hartenstein is a drop pretty clearly. I've been saying that for a little bit of time. Um, yeah, it's just not happening, is it? Get that garbage out of here! Let's do the next one. It is the Brooklyn Nets. The Washington Wizards. The Nets win at 113-107. The final score... Two big ones in a row for Chris Tapps. Now he's killing it at the moment. 27 and 19, two blocks, two threes. Pretty rough from the line, 64%. This is a guy who's really, really returning value on where you drafted him. The question is, like, can you sell high? Would you accept a top 30 player back? Probably yes. Because the knees and the degenerative knee issue is the problem. But he hasn't, he's missed one game. Like he's killing it at the moment. The guys that we avoided for injuries, Davis, Porzingis, Shea, even though he's out today, they're dominating. Kyle Kuzma, also great. 40, he's playing so many minutes. 40 minutes. 25, 4, and 3. That's just big, big volume for Kuz. While Beal, 25, 5, and 6. These guys are really carrying this team. Good to see Avdia get more minutes. The line's not great. 7, 5, and 3. A steal and a block. That's what he can do. Get you some assists, get some steals, get some blocks. That has streaming value, but he's not a must roster. He's a schedule roster guy. While Monty Morris played 29 minutes, he had 4, 4, and 3 with one steal. He actually shot 2 of 6 from the field. That's 33%. Monty Morris is um, now outside the top 170 for the season, and you can jack him off with your left and right hand simultaneously. Yeah, just drop him. Like, what, what, what are we doing? There's no point. Stream him in for assist if you need him, but three assists, what's that doing for you? Absolutely nothing. Let's talk about the Nets. No Ben Simmons. They started smoking Joe Harris. He hit four threes. He played 37 minutes. 37 minutes for Joe Harris makes him three-point streamable. 14, four threes, four rebounds, three steals. I wouldn't add him everywhere. Royce O'Neal, the assist man. The legendary point guard, Royce O'Neal, another seven of them. He almost had a Ray Felton. He had eight, eight, and seven with a triple one and shot 22%. His two-point percentage is actually so far in the toilet this year that it's so it's weird. Like, he's been much better than this in the past. He's trading efficiency for being a passer. Make, make, it makes sense. You can't. Claxton had a bit of foul trouble. It's so only 28 minutes, seven and eight with two blocks. And with Simmons out, we got some Sumner minutes. We got some Cam Thomas minutes. And we got the second absolute turd in a row from Seth Curry. Like... We've said a lot with Curry and Harris and Simmons and O'Neal. I don't see how there's enough for Curry to be must roster. He was putting up good numbers, but now he's struggling. And they don't have to go with him when he's struggling. Not a must roster player. A guy you can have, but a guy you don't have to have. Um, and when he's hot, you add him. When he's not, you don't. Good game from Kyrie. 27-1-5, and five, a steal, two blocks. And Durant had 39-5-5 five and five with a perfect 11 of 11 from the field. Durant, I think, is the number two ranked player this season. Really, uh, again, the guy we were worried about with injuries, killing it. The next game, the San Antonio Spurs up against the Oklahoma City Thunder. The Thunder win at 119-111. Devin Vassell continued his charge towards a really impressive season. 25-7-3, three triples, 8-9 of nine from the line, 54 from the field. I think he's going to be a really good player. I think he's going to be an all-star adjacent player at some point in his career. I won't say the same for the horse, Kelton Johnson. Whose horse is that? But the counting stats are good at least. 19, 7, and 6 with four threes. Unfortunately, he shot 20, 23% from the field and 63 from the line, which is crippling. We knew he was going to be bad at some percentages or at least not 
great, not above average, but he is destroying you there. The, the positive thing is 36 minutes and 31 usage. So I think there is a little bit of a buy low if you can accept the fact that you were going to cop it on percentages and he's never going to provide really good defensive stats. But he, from an overall ranking perspective, like he's struggling. He's outside the top 130 this season because of that high volume and horrific efficiency. With Sohan and Pirtle out, we had Kater Bates Diop start, 28 minutes, 11 points, a block. Like, that's okay. It's 14-team streamable. But Zach Collins is the guy that I want to have for now. 27 minutes, not great. 27 minutes, actually, that's not true. The minutes are about what I expected. Nine, six, and three, a steal. Like, it's not fantastic stuff, but it's all right. And I think he is a 12-team league player. I think if you've got him, you start him even on full-volume days with Pirtle out. Trey Jones had 15, 4, and 5. He had a little bit of a rough run at things a while ago, but he's back inside the top 90 now for the season. That's a good game. Well, Romeo Langford, one of his better offensive performances, 14 and 8. I'm not really reacting to that too much. Well, Roby had 4 and 5 in 17 minutes. Newly signed Alizé Johnson got minutes. Him and Roby got the minutes over Goldfinger Charlie Bassey. Alizé had 2 and 3 in 7 minutes. We're obviously not adding him anywhere. Um, but with... Guys like Doug McDermott hurting his ankle and not finishing the game. Roby and Johnson with Sohan out as well. They're going to have some minutes at the four uh, available to them. So that means in deeper leagues that you know, I prefer Roby over Johnson pretty clearly. But there are there are some pathways to production for those guys. We also got 19 Malachi Branham minutes. Let's talk about Alexei Pokyshevsky. He started only the first half, of course, because why wouldn't you start the second half? And played 18 minutes, five and seven with a block. That's pretty rough. 22% shooting is rough. Despite all of this, he still was a top 120 player before today's game over the course of the season. I still think he's worth holding. It's frustrating. There are going to be lots of ups and downs, but I do believe that having some patience here is probably worth it. There was no Shea Gildas-Alexander. So what happened? My boy, the Bronco. Broncos country, let's ride. 27 points. Now, the 73% shooting is not real, but I do believe that he is a quality luxury stash. He's just outside 12-team league value. But just takes one little thing, Dort getting hurt, Dort getting traded, Dort getting benched, Shea getting hurt, Giddy getting hurt, permanently starting him at power forward. One of those things can happen to push him as to a 12-team league guy. And that's the definition of a stash. We also got Giddy having 14, 4, and 5. Good game from him. 23, 1, and 4 for Dort in 35 minutes is good. All of these guys boosted their value with Shea. We even got Trey Mann, who's been honestly putrid for basically all season. He had a good game. 16 points, two steals, two threes. I wouldn't do anything to add Trey Mann. Like, I'd much rather add Jalen Williams in a 12-team league, although Mann will get increased value if Shea remains out. Usman Jeng played 23 minutes. That's like 20-team useful. 10 and 6 in those 23 minutes for Usman. All right, let's do the next one. The Grizzlies go down to the Catless Timberwolves. 109-101. Jaron Jackson only played 25 minutes because of foul trouble. Didn't really matter. 16, 11, and two blocks. It's still a great game. Steve Adams had 8 and 12 with a steal and a block. Solid enough there. And when we look at Jackson and Adams, we all automatically want to go and look at Brandon Clark, who was shithouse. 4, 2, and 1 in 16 minutes. Surely, surely you have dropped him by now. Get that garbage out of here! Ja Morant got ejected. Dylan Brooks got ejected. Jar really hurt you in category leagues today. 24, 5, and 6 looks great. But 40% on 20 attempts from the field is terrible. 55 on 11 attempts from the line is terrible. That's Keldon Johnson-esque. And people always ask, man, I think your rankings are broken. Mate, why is Jar like 40th? Something's wrong with your rankings. I don't trust them at all. This is why. Because he is not a good category league player. People love points. They like the assists. But he's low volume, three low steals, bad field goal, bad free throw play with high turnovers if you care about that. And he's highly, highly overrated in category leagues. In points leagues, fine. No problem. He's really good. He's a first-round adjacent player. But those deficiencies really hurt in category leagues. Um, Not a bad game from Lil John Concha. Okay! 7-9, 2 assists and a steal. As highlighted on the streaming show, the What to Watch For show, I think Concha's great. In the next five days, they play three games. And I think that makes him worthy of having on a 12-team roster, at least until Baino returns. Brooks was dreadful. You want to talk dreadful. 12-6 and six in 34 minutes, got ejected, shot 29%, and shot 57 from the line on seven attempts. Of course, he hijacked too many possessions. He's just the worst player to watch in the world. I think while Bain is out, you can have him in a 12-team league, but you're going to have stinkers like this happen quite often. 
We've got 30 minutes of Tyus Jones. He was all right, but I think he's more 14 than 12 team league valuable. Well, David Roddy Piper, good game from him. 13 and five with three threes. He's been a little bit in the wilderness of late. He got the extra minutes because Bain was out. Obviously, Zaya Williams was out, and then Jake LaRavia was out. I wouldn't overreact to anything here from Roddy. So we wanted to see what would happen with the Wolves, and we still don't have a clear picture because Jaden McDaniels didn't play. So what they did is they started Kyle Anderson at the four with McDaniels out, but they didn't start Austin Rivers, which they had last game. Rivers went to the bench, and initially they were going to start Jalen Noel, but they started rookie Wendell Moore Jr., who had had 11 minutes of combined playing time this season. We'll talk about Moore first. He had seven and three with a triple one. He guarded Jar pretty well. Yeah, if he's going to start, and I don't know if he will, if he's going to start as we move forward, 20-team leagues, you'll pay attention. Jalen Noel, 24-5-2, two steals and four threes. But remember, with all of this, Jaden McDaniels needs to slide in somewhere. So Noel's a great 14-team ad, maybe a 12-team ad. Kyle Anderson, this is the most Kyle Anderson of all time. 39 minutes, 10-6-5, steal, block, two triples, but shot 27%. If you added him in 12-team leagues, and we wanted to see what would happen, because they play after today, one game in the next five days. I think it's worth holding Kyle Anderson in that scenario. And it probably is worth holding Jalen Noel in that scenario as well. Even though there is only one game in five nights, the way they used them was encouraging. An absolute monster of a game from Goose. Not only is he hitting free throws again, seven of seven, but 29, three and five, but five steals and three blocks. That is a huge performance. But on the negative side of things, Rudy Gobert. Rudy Gobert. Rudy Gobert. Now, someone had a go at me the other day when I said I don't really think much changes for town or for Gobert with Towns out, maybe an extra shot or two. This is not proof of that. This is not proof that I was right. Because he played 26 minutes and he had nine points and one rebound. It was just a weird game. He had three fouls in like eight minutes in the first half. So that's why the playing time was down. But my point still stands, or my opinion still stands, that he doesn't look to benefit gigantically from Towns being out. Maybe an extra rebound, maybe an extra shot or two. But that's about it. Not a huge difference. But given, again, the hate, when Gobert has a bad game, you always try and buy low. This guy, he's useless. Like people won't look into it. People saw the first half, they go, man, eight minutes. What's going on? Why is he getting benched? They had three fouls, but people don't always look at that. And people are always quick to judge Gobert. Rightfully or wrongly, it doesn't matter. They do it. So you can buy low on Gobert after performances like this. You can. D'Angelo Russell played 37 minutes, 15, 5, and 10 with two steals. He was horrific efficiency-wise, but good counters. But when we again, when we go to look at this, Naz Reed played 22 minutes. So we don't look at this and go, oh, oh, they played together. Not really. He got those minutes because Gobert was in foul trouble. Now, the line's great. Seven and three with a steal and five blocks. We know Reed can block him, but I really don't think we're going to see much of Reed and Gobert together. And that means that he will, in general, play 15 to 16 minutes a night and not be useful enough outside of 16-team leagues, maybe 14-team leagues. I wouldn't rush to add Naz, especially, again, with the one game in five nights coming up. I wouldn't rush to add Naz Reed in a, in a 12-team format. Um, talked about Wendell Moore already with his seven, three, and two and triple one. Pretty good performance for a rookie in his first start. The next game. Oh, there's a lot to get excited about here. Um, the Pelicans went at 126-108. They did, in fact, start Scotland Barnes over one show Hernan Gomez. And he was really bad. 4-1-5 and five with a triple one. He shot 14% from the field. Remember I said that taking him in the fourth round of a G League fantasy draft was too high? Obviously, I was taking the piss. But he has not taken a step forward this season, I don't believe. I think he's really sort of stagnated. or he hasn't re- Maybe he has regressed. I think he's more stagnated than regressed. And that's disappointing. Fred Van Vliet got ejected, one of the millions of ejections today. 20 minutes, 2, 6, and 6. People are hating on what Van Vliet is doing. I think Barnes is a massive buy-low. I think Van Vliet is a massive buy-low. Ananobi, yeah, that's fine. 12, 5, and 3, nothing great there. While Siakam, he's just cracking now. 23, 6, and 4, 2 steals, 2 blocks. Yeah, great. What about, if I'm going to shit on this bloke, which I do at times, I'll praise him because this was great. Nice, Gary! Yeah, it was really nice. 35 points for Gaz Trent, six triples. He took 20 shots, probably too many. 60% shooting is great, three steals. Of course, he was like a second team worst, minus 15. And coming off the bench, I would sell high absolutely on this. If I could get any top 110 player, I would do it. I think he's going to remain on the bench. I don't think he's going to play 33 minutes tonight because Barnes won't play 21. 
Van Vliet won't play 20. Also, I don't think Thad Young will only play 15 minutes a night. But Boucher went to the locker room. He was shit out. You can drop Boucher six points in 26 minutes. Um, Young, we wanted to see what his role would be. Started the second, oh, started the first half, not the second half. Very hard to justify holding there, isn't it? Although, again, schedule for him is okay. But that's not great. This is, again, we talk so much with the Raptors. Like, with just so many options. Well, if he doesn't fire up, then Huna Gomez can, or Coloco can, or Boucher can, or Birch can, or Banton can. Everyone's the same height. So Nurse can just move him in and out. And it's really hard to get consistency. So, no, I wouldn't add Hernan Gomez because he played 23 minutes. I wouldn't add Coloco because he started the second half. And I'd consider dropping Thad. But I think there's a buy low on Fred and a buy low on Barnsley pretty easily. And I would sell high on Gaz Trent. For the Pelicans. Um, oh, yep. Yeah, Zion's a monster. 33 and 10, five assists, four steals and two blocks. 80% shooting from the field. 75 from the line. That is a huge game. And what I love is that Duke defensive stat Zion... I don't know if it's here, but it's real close. It's touching cloth of being here. That's how close it is. It's it's right there. It's urging. Um, I love it. I love watching him play. That is fantastic. Also, Trey Murphy, twenty six and five, six dribbles. He's a twelve team league, twelve team league player. Trey Ingram is out, so that gives him value. But now Herb is out. Hurt his ankle. They said it's just soreness, but I think Murphy's a better player than than Herb overall. Herb had 12 points with two threes. I'll wait and see if I've got if I've got Herb, I, I, which I don't have anywhere. But if I did have Herb, I would wait and see what this ankle injury suggests. Um, but not looking great. I don't know why we got 11 minutes of Bill Hearn and Gomez. We didn't need any of those. Valanciunas played 26, 16, and 13. That gives him a little bit of a buffer to hold, and I think you still hold. Well, Nance played 20 minutes, but it's a good line. 10 and 5, a steal, a block, two triples. Nance only played 20 minutes because of the inexplicable 11 Billy Hernan Gomez minutes. And I still believe that Nance can be a hold. He doesn't have to be. You can drop him very easily in 12 team leagues. And I don't think in points leagues, see you later. Right? You don't need to hold him in 12s. But I think he's someone where I'm just like, wow, he's got to go. Like, that's useful enough. And I think there is enough value there to have prolonged top 100 stretches. And you have him on your roster. But if you want to drop him, it's also completely fine. The Dustbuster. Um, yeah, this guy, I think, is good. Dyson Daniels, 14, 8, and 9, 67% shooting. Now, of course, there was no Ingram, there was no Marshall, there was no McCollum, and then Jones left. But they might not all return. If I'm in a 16-team league, I'll add that, Dyson. If I'm in a 14-team league, I'd consider it. I think he's going to be a top 100 fantasy player in 12-team leagues within two years really easily. He is showing so much as a rookie. It's just finding the minutes on this squad. Well, I can tell you now, there's 20 minutes that Devontae Graham played. There's no need for him to ever play those again. Daniels is working his way into a regular rotation also. I'd grab him in all deep, all deeps. 16, 18, 20, grab him. And I'd absolutely consider it in 14 team leagues. I don't know if I'd execute it there, but I would look at it and go, hmm, this might actually work. All right, the next game, a big win for the Suns. 132-113 over the Chicago Bulls. DeRozan had 29 on 65%. His shooting's really high at the moment. His two-point percentage actually is up from last season, continuing to do that at a really strong level. It was also a pretty solid game from uh, the big man in the middle, Nikola Vucevic. It's Vucevic. Vucevic. 17 and 8 with two steals and a block. Levine continues to look, I don't know, like, okay? I don't even know how to best... Like, this is not a bad line. 21, 4, and 7, but he only hit 1, 3. He was 6 of 7 from the line. That's good. He was 47% overall. But he's like this 91st ranked player this season. I'm, I'm really worried about this knee. He just hasn't looked right. Oyadusuma is a pretty clear drop to me, 11-2-1, while Caruso played 21 minutes and had 14 points. I wouldn't think either of those are 12-team league guys. While it was a stinker from Pat Williams. Two points, 0-8 from the field. He got a block. He's not a must-roster player. He's fine to roster. I would have him over Caruso and Dusumu probably, but I don't feel super confident about that. I just know that he's not very good. And you know we're seeing that at the moment. Goran Dragic, just a little hot streaks cooled off. He had five points in 14 minutes. For the Suns, Booker was amazing. 51 points in just 31 minutes. Six triples, six assists, 80% shooting. It's a giant sell high for Booker, who's a top five player over the last week. He's 12th over the course of the season. But we've got a lot of evidence to show that when Booker plays without Chris Paul, the numbers skyrocket. When he plays with Chris Paul, the team might be better, but his numbers drop. So if you could get a top 10 player for Booker, I would do it. 
because I think he falls back to that mid-second, late-second round range. Otherwise, just enjoy what you're getting. And it's been really good. It's also been great for Aiton, who, if you want to say Booker's been the fifth-ranked player over the last week, and I do want to say that because it's true, DeAndre Aiton's been the sixth. 30 and 14, two blocks. This is a massive sell high. He is doing so much better without Chris Paul. Whether it is a Chris Paul factor or not, whether it's a switch that's been flipped, I've got no idea. But I wouldn't have confidence of DeAndre Ayton remaining a top 20 player or even maybe even a top 25 player. In all likelihood, you're just going to ride it out and enjoy this level of production, but it's been super impressive. What do we always want to look at for Ayton? Blocks, you got two of them. Rebounds, 14. Free throw attempts, nine. Like, that's great. That is how he gets to being a top 20 player. We'll see how it sticks. Cameron Payne only had eight points on 30%, which is rough, but a steal and a block, five rebounds, six assists. Keep rolling. And uncharacteristically, it was a bad night for Mikhail Bridges. Bridges had been playing well, but he's the 100th ranked player over the last week. Eight points on 23%, no threes, four rebounds, three assists, and two blocks. He's been really good this season, but a little bit of a cold patch here. Torrey Craig also didn't do much. Seven points, four rebounds, 30 minutes. I do think he's a 12-team league guy, but you also don't have to. He's 200th over the last week. He's 170th for the season. He's absolutely fine. And if it makes sense with schedule, and they've got a pretty solid schedule. I think they've got three games in the next five nights. That gives him value. But don't like be married to this guy. Don't hold on to him through everything. He's fine to have, but he's also fine if you don't have him. And that's how you should be viewing that, I believe. Let us go on to that next game. The Utah Jazz get a much-needed win here over the Clippers. 125-112, the final score. For the Clippers, there was no Paul George, Kawhi Leonard, or Luke Kennard or Norman Powell, but Reggie Jackson did play. Only 25 minutes, but 15, 3, and 2. Sorry, 15, 1, and 3 with two steals. Solid numbers. He's a streamer, and that is it. Zubats was all right, 12 and 7, a block. The last two games have been pretty representative of what Zubats brings, but it was an excellent John Wall game. I'm not going to read too much into it, though, and I'll tell you why. 26 points with five assists looks great. It, it does look great. There's no denying that. John Wall had a usage of 42%. Okay, 42%. And he got there by getting to the line 13 times and hitting 12 of them. He had been under 70% from the line this season, a gigantic negative from the free throw line. 13 attempts is ridiculous. He still only hit 37% from the field, and he took 19 attempts. The next highest on the team was Brandon Boston taking 12. This is a complete outlier in terms of usage and free throw attempts for John Wall, which really boosted that production. Wall is the 200th ranked player this season, including this game. So this is great. Trade him for any player who's a 12-team league guy. I don't think that Wall is going to be this must-roster guy, but this game will convince someone he is. Musa Diabete, another 16 minutes, 11 and 8. Maybe, maybe he's all right. I don't know. Amir Coffey didn't do much. Marcus Morris. This is the time for Morris to be good, and he's not. 23 minutes, 10 and 5. The two blocks are good, but 27% shooting is bad. 60 from the line is terrible. He's outside the top 130 for the season. If you're in a 10-team league, you'll jack him off. If you're in a 12 and there's something else better out there, don't worry about holding on. Same goes with Terrence Mann, who's just a streamer, and we talk about it for this team, or I talk about it all the time. If Mann doesn't have a go, and he didn't, 5-1-1, one, and one, yeah, then Coffee can have a go, or Morris can have a go, or bloody... I don't get to do this very often. So Jason Jason Preston can have a go. Preston? I like that guy. Preston! He only played three minutes. I just wanted to play the sound. Yeah, BJ Boston played 22 minutes. Diabete played 16. Covington played 23. It's too many blokes. There's too many guys getting minutes to rely upon these spud guys like Morris and Mann and Coffey and Batum and even Wall and Jackson. They're all just fringe stream options. Even Norm Powell fits into that group as well. But the Jazz, big bounce back from Markin in 23 and 9 with four triples while Olenek continued to be great. 36 minutes for Big Kelly. 12 and 7 to steal three blocks. One of my best draft picks, I reckon, picking him about 100, 110. Markin was pretty good around that area as well. Love that the return these guys are giving has been insane. Jared Vanderbilt Bar finally had a good game as well. 14 and 12 with two steals on 70%. When we draft Vanderbilt, we go, oh, you can give us good field goals, good rebounds, good steals. And that's exactly what he delivered here. The problem is they've just been absent every game apart from this one. And the fact is he only had one foul and still played under 25 minutes, which limits his upside and makes him a very fringe 12-team league guy who is eminently droppable, especially in a points league. Sexton had 21, 6 and 6. Solid numbers without uh, Sexton. While the man on the street... Jordy Clarkson. J-O-R-D-A-N-C-L-A-R-K-S-O-N. 33 points. 28 usage. He was a plus 19. He was really good. 22 minutes for Walker Kessler is interesting. He had four blocks. He's a great blocks streamer. I don't think he's a stash player, though. While it was a stinker 
from Malik Beasley. Absolutely putrid. Three points on 11%. He will do this. And then he'll have a game where he has 28 points with seven triples on seven of nine shooting. Like, he will do this. We've seen it time and time again. He's totally fine to roster. I think you hold him through while Conley's out. But otherwise, he just becomes one of those many, many players, like the five blokes I just talked about on the Clippers, that you can stream in for points and threes. Alexander Walker playing a little bit better, 11 points in 15 minutes, but he's hardly going to be much of a fantasy option um, in the short term or even in the long term. The next game was a significant blowout. It was the Denver Nuggets beating the Rockets 120-100. Steven Silas is a terrible coach. We're all well aware of this, but at least we got 29 minutes out of the delicate dancer, Alpren Shengun. It's a delicate dance in just 17 steps. Quick check on Bruno Fernando minutes, seven. Yeah, okay, That's, we're feeling okay here. 18 and 11 for Shengun, who's the 20th ranked player over the last week, and he's 52nd for the season. He's 69th in points leagues, and I feel pretty good about where he is from here. Good game from Cousin Kevin. 23, 6, and 5 with five threes, while Jabari Smith, it's happening. It's happening slowly. It's happening. 13 points, three threes, four rebounds, one steal, one block, 42% shooting. Still only 18 usage. We don't expect huge usage. Still not great field goal, but it's better than 30% shooting. And that's what we talked about. He can still be a really bad field goal guy and improve significantly on where he was, where he was 31% shooting. Over the last week, he's the 74th ranked player, which is about bang on where I was looking to draft him. He's still a long way from getting there for season numbers, but I do think, I think we're going to have a February, March, top 50-ish, top 60-ish run from Smith. Tari regular season played only 14 minutes, four points, but they're still on a block. He missed all five of his shots. He is a luxury stash. The defensive ability is there. It's frustrating that he won't get played. Eric Gordon, why are we playing this by? Two points in 19 minutes. 19 minutes for KJ Martin as well, who was bad and is not a 12-team league player. And Jalen Green, um, games like this always want to trigger a buy low for him. 16-3-3. He'd been getting a big assist every game, and it just didn't happen here. 38% shooting, and he was dreadful from the line. Big um, buy low opportunity if his manager's frustrated, which they might be. But the Nuggets, big chungus, Nikola Jokic. Seventeen, nine, and twelve. A steal on a block. Seventy-eight percent shooting. He's up to fourth overall now on the season. Ninth in points leagues. Twenty-eight minutes. Doesn't have to do much. This team's just cruising. Nearly every game. Good game from the Shark as well. Baby shark, I think Bruce Brown's a must-roster player. Yes, it might change when Maga Porter comes back, but I don't care. I think Bruce Brown's better than KCP to be honest. Eighteen, five, and four. Four triples and two steals. While Caldwell Pope had just the five points. He did have two steals and a block. But KCP is very quickly trending away from being a twelve-team league guy. In fact, in tens, I'd drop him. And I'd consider dropping him in 12s. I'd probably hold, but I'd consider it. Rough night from the line for Gordon. 20 points, though. Two rebounds. Sorry, six rebounds, two threes. But 57% from the line hurts. But he'd been really, really good. This was not a terrible night. Well, Vlako Chanchar, another big game from the big fella. Can he hold minutes when Jeff Green comes back? I hope so. 13 minutes, three points. Deeper leagues, pay some attention. Interestingly, or perhaps not interestingly, that the Dr. Michael Malone, Bones Highland, was available to play. And I didn't hear from Michael as to what happened, but maybe he maybe he invoked his medical degree. The, like, the same thing that he did to get the, the Dr. Monica back in the day when Nikola Jokic was available to play and he was ready and, and fit and Malone didn't play him. And we were going, what's going on? And he said, oh, yeah, I just had a look in his eyes and I could tell that he wasn't ready. Ignore the doctors, mate. You could tell. I don't know if that's what happened here with the big stiffy. Bones had been absolutely cranking before this illness. I don't know whether he's going to be a must-roster player. I think he probably is worth holding, but this is clearly frustrating. Hopefully, he's just back in his regular rotation spot next game. Ishmith played 23 minutes, had 6-2-7 and seven with two blocks, and I honestly could not care less about Ishmith for fantasy. The headmaster, Jamal Murray, had 26 in 31 minutes with four triples, four rebounds, and two assists, and he is, what, all the way back? Top 25 over the last week? Not quite inside the top 100 for the season, but it's, it's, it's coming. He'll be there really, really quickly. And he looks almost back to normal, I would say. All right, let's do the next one. The Indiana Pacers get smacked by the Kings. 137-114, the final score here. Um, just a really easy win for Sacramento, which is great for them because they, they started to slide a little bit but some really, really big performances that we've got to talk about on both sides, really. And we'll start in Indiana. Sticks. Stand by your man. Is this bloke going to do it? Is he going to suck me in? 
that's different to... Oh, I won't say that. Um, 19 minutes only for Stixie because he got a whack in the face and wasn't able to return. But 22.6 rebounds, four threes and a block. Now, of course, the easy thing to look at there is go, well, he shot 80%. Four or five from three. That's just no way of sticking and you're 100% correct. But what I'm encouraged by is the fact that he had 24 usage and the shots went in at a better rate. Like, you can do worse than adding him back. But... I'm not going to fault you if you go, nah, 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 this guy's burnt me too many times because he has. But that's two out of the last three games that have been pretty good from Sticks. There wasn't many other big positives though. You can look at this um, TJ McConnell game and go, all right, five and four, nine assists, three steals. But he played 23 minutes. And you go, okay, 23 minutes. Is that real? Well, obviously not because Halliburton played just 25. So this is a blowout-infused performance. McConnell's always an option when you're looking for assists and steals as a stream, but he might be a 16-minute-a-night player most nights, so don't get sucked in here. Budrick had 17 points in 27 minutes, while Ben Matherin, old Humpty Dumpty, dropped in 22 points in 26 minutes. It's the perfect time to fleece a points frother. 22 points, two rebounds, zero assists, one steal. That's Nick Young time. Now, he was great from the line, 10 of 11. That's great, but 35% overall. And he remains outside the top 180 over the last week and outside the top 140 for the season. But people love scoring. So if I could get any top 100 player for Matherin, I would do it. I think he can improve some stuff, but the general shape of his statistical profile is basically what we saw from him in college. This is who he is. And he's still only playing 26 minutes here. Nempard started over old mate Aaron Neesmith. He only had 6-2-4. and four. He's just a deeper league guy, Nembard. Nembard, 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 Nembard. Is it the silent B? I don't even know anymore. Aaron Neesmith, eight points in 24 minutes with two threes, a steal on a block. Yeah, I mean, sure, but no, absolutely no interest in him for fantasy. And uh, overall, it's just a mess. Oh yeah, Miles Turner was bad. Four and six with three blocks on 22%. And Tyrese Halliburton was bad too. Two points, 13 field goal attempts. He had 10 assists still. He had two steals still. The turnoverless streak ended. And he had two of them here. But it's still, you know, for a guy that's been absolutely cranking, it's not the worst performance from him. It's it's not his best, but it's hardly a disaster. Malik Monk, you know, I've been talking about him as a 12-team league guy, and he did it again. He only played 20 minutes, but he had 20 and four with six assists and two steals, 67% shooting. I think uh, what I've been saying with him is I think you should have him, but also if you dropped him, I don't think I'd fault you. Now I think you've got to look at him and go, well, I think he's got to be held. Like he's doing this almost every game. The pencil Harrison Barnes. Barnesy. Good game from him as well. He only took nine shots, but had 22 and five with two steals. While Sabonis had 11, 10 and seven. But again, hard to get too much out of this game when these guys are playing 23 minutes. Fox looked a little bit off early on, but only ended up with 27 minutes, 19, five and six, but shot well after a three game slump. He'd been outside the top 200 over the last week, Foxy, and we knew there was going to be a regression, but this is good getting back on track. And Kevin Hurd is suffering that regression now. 13 and five, no other stats, uh, shot just 33% from three. And you know, it's, all, it's the easy low hanging fruit that not everyone sees. When someone's hitting 50% from three, you can guarantee they're going to lose 10, eight percentage points really easily. And that's what's happening with Herder. Keegan Murray was better, but still 33% shooting, 14 and 6 in 26 minutes with two threes. It's a better game, but I don't know that he's anything more than a luxury stash sort of a player. Davion Mitchell played 20 minutes, but yeah, honestly, we got 15 Chemezi Metu minutes and seven Matty Dellavedova minutes. That's how you know this one was a genuine ass kicking. And the last game of the night, the Lakers comfortably beat the Blazers 128 109. For Portland, there was no Lillard, of course, no Peyton. Josh Hart was out, Nasir Little was out. So they started trending Watford. Remember last season, Watford did some good stuff towards the end of the season. Like, he was fine, serviceable, 10 and 10. I don't think we need to care too much about that, but the Blazers do have some interesting low-volume games coming up on the weekend where maybe there's something we look at there. Justice Winslow, 21-5 and 4 with 3 threes, 82% shooting. Cast that aside, he's not going to be that good of a shooter, but until Lillard comes back, there's use in him. And Jeremy Grant had 27, 4, and 5, two steals and a block. And like we talked about with him, there is going to be regression in usage, in minutes, and in shooting. And while he was still 40% from three, that goes, it's down from 48% from three. And there's when you're at that level, there's only one way to go, and that is down. And we saw that here. If you can get a top 50 guy for Grant, you do it. Same with Simons, who had 22, 4, and 8 on 41% shooting. It's his usage in minutes that are going to fall when Lillard returns, I think. Shaden Sharp... 
Bit of extra playing time for him, 28 minutes, 16 and 3, but that's because Peyton, Lillard and Hart were all out. So I wouldn't be looking at him to add anywhere. Well, it was just a poor night from Nurkic. Eight points on 25%. He did have 10 boards. He had a steal and a block. It's just just a bad go of things. Like he'd been playing pretty well, and that was bad. I don't get to do this often, but Greg Brown played. As Greg runs in, we realize this could get dangerous. Missed all four of his shots. Blocked two of them. I don't think he's an NBA player. For the Lakers, Lonnie Walker was a late scratch. Troy Brown was out. So we didn't get the answer to who will start between Schroeder and Beverly because they both did. And they're both not 12-team league players. Dennis Schroeder played 29 minutes. He had six points with five assists. You can um, confidently, I think, jack him off. Get that garbage out of here! You don't need to roster Beverly in 12 or 14-team leagues either. He had five and four. And I'm not ready to say it yet, but Westbrook's heading that way. And when you look at the fact that he played 22 minutes, he had five points, uh, 23 minutes, he had, sorry, 10 points on 29%. He missed both his free throws. That's turning back to shit. 10-5-4 with two threes. And when Beverly and Schroeder are there, and he's just not playing enough, and this is a game they won, it's going to be hard. I'll give it a bit of time. If this trend continues, he's not going to be rosterable in 12-team leagues. Points leagues, different story. I would hold more, but it's not moving the right direction. I tell you who's actually good, Austin Reeves. 22 points in 35 minutes, two triples, steal and a block, five rebounds, three assists. Like, it's great. Yes, there was no Troy Brown. There was no Lonnie Walker. You know, I've made the argument. I think he's their third best player anyway, ahead of Walker. And he's been getting some consistent minutes. He's a top 100 player over the last week, Reevesy. I think he's a good 14-team league ad. I'm not ready to think that he's a 12-team league player because, again, some of those absences helped. But he's better than those players. He should play 30 minutes every night. The problem is they're going to bring him off the bench and it's going to be hard to see where he fits in. But this was really strong. Now, of course, 70% shooting is not realistic at all. But he's a name to watch. Davis had 27 and 12 with three blocks and I think his free throw problem might be fixed. Eight of nine from the line. And LeBron had 31, seven and eight with six threes. He was great from the field, 67%. LeBron obviously had been struggling a little bit this season, but that is a nice performance. I can't go without talking about the performance of the tank, Tom Bryant. 20 minutes for him, 14 and 6. Helps that Davis didn't play that much, only 29 minutes in the blowout. I don't think Bryant's a 12-team league player. I don't think we're going to see much Bryant and Davis together. I think he's a solid 16-team league player, Tom. But it'd be a 12-teamer if Davis misses time. And even then, I wouldn't be 100% convinced. But he's not looking to me to be a 12-team uh, a league option. Let's go to the lines of the night. The monstrous line of the night, it does go to Jason Tatum. The waiver wire line of the night. I had to go down the list to find someone here. It's Haywood Highsmith. I, yeah, okay. The young gun of the night is Trey Murphy. I reckon he's got quite a few of those. And the dud of the night is Chris Boucher. I reckon he's also got quite a few of those. The top 10 players in category leagues for today, number one, was Jason Tatum, followed by Devin Booker, Anthony Edwards, Zion Williamson, Kevin Durant, Nikola Jokic, DeAndre Ayton, Anthony Davis, LeBron James, and Donovan Mitchell. Your top 10 players rostered in under 50% of leagues. Highsmith at one. Dracaris Levert at two. Eh. Winslow at three. Stream for the short term, yes. Noel at four. Yep. Dylan, Dylan, Dylan Daniels? No, Dyson Daniels. I'm really torn. I think he's good. I just can't find how he gets 26 a night. I can't find how he does it. With CJ and Ingram and now Herb out, it's at least a 14-team stream. Six is Austin Reeves. Similarly, I really like it, but does he play enough? 14 teams there. Smoke and Joe Harris streaming for three. TJ McConnell. Desperation assists and steals guy. Okoro, absolutely not. And the Bronco, Jalen Williams, is probably a 12-team stash. Your top 10 points league, guys. Number one is Jason Tatum, followed by Zion Williamson, Devin Booker, Giannis Antetokounmpo, Anthony Edwards, Chris Porzingis, DeAndre Ayton, Kevin Durant, Anthony Davis, and LeBron James. And I did tweet about this today. And if you are sticking around and watching this, someone, I was watching the broadcast, and there's a car made by Kia. And I heard them pronounce it in an, on an American ad for the first time. And I was stunned. I was shook. Oh, shooketh by how they pronounced it. We call it a Kia Sportage. In America, you guys call it a Kia Sportage. What what's happened to my brain? Get the new Kia Sportage. Sportage? Sportage? Sportage. Anyway, someone wanted me to say how I heard it pronounced on the show, and that's it. Sportage is how we say it. Sportage is how it was said in America. 
I don't know which one's right. It was just funny. Follow this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, and an Odyssey. And if you're here on YouTube, drop a sportage in the comments below. Thumb it up. Subscribe, guys. We are done here. Thank you so much for listening, everyone. See ya.